Good evening. Good evening. Hey, that's a little better. There we go. Amen. Well, uh, it's good to be here. A couple of weeks ago when Brother John asked me if I'd preach for him while he was gone, uh, I was honored that he would allow me to step into his pulpit and preach because, uh, church, I don't know if you realize this, but we have a powerful, powerful man of God as our pastor. And uh, he's one of the most powerful pastors I've ever had the privilege of sitting under. And uh, it was just a privilege and an honor to get to step into his pulpit and to get to preach the word of God. So uh, I'm just going to jump right into it and I'm going to do what I can in God's power, not my own, and uh, we'll go from there. This is a story that I heard earlier this week, or I read earlier this week, that has nothing to do with my sermon, but I just found it funny and I figured I'd share it. Uh, there was a man and his wife, and they got up one morning, they went into the kitchen. And the the wife, she wouldn't put the coffee on the to brew. And as she was making the coffee, she asked her husband, why am I the one that always has to make the coffee? He said, well, it's because you're the wife, that's your job. And she said, but the Bible says that it's the man's job to make the coffee. And he looked at her and he said, you show me in the Bible where it says that it is the man's job to make the coffee. So this woman took her Bible she started flipping through it. She said, there it is. It says Hebrews. There we go. I saw that earlier and I, I started laughing at it because I love to drink coffee. Coffee is just something I love. It's one of my favorite drinks. And uh, anytime you read a coffee joke, it makes you laugh. So uh, that has nothing to do with what I'm going to preach on, but uh, <laughs> I just found it funny. But uh, I want to ask you all a question, you know, something for you to think about. What is your hope in, in life? Uh, you know, when things start getting rough, when you face an obstacle in your life, what's the first thing you turn to? Where's the first place that you look to to find relief? Would it be your wife or your husband? Is it your kids? Is it money or is it education? Is it a hobby? There are many places that we can turn to for relief and answers, but there's only one that is always right and only one that will never fail you, and his name is Jesus Christ. He is the one that, no matter how many times we go to him, he never fails us. He never gives us, he never leads us in the wrong direction. He always leads us to where we need to be. He always lets us come back to him. And the story I'm in tonight is in the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 28. So if you have your copy of God's Word, I'm in Acts 7, verse 54. I'm sorry, verse 54. And uh, this is a story that I think we all know. It's a very familiar story, a story that I've heard growing up all my life. And uh, it's just a very wonderful story on hope. So if you found your place in the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 54, I'm asking if you would to stand in the order and the reverence of reading of God's Word as we read this together. The story of the stoning of Stephen. It says, Now when they heard these things, they were enraged, and they ground their teeth at him. But he, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. As they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against him. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Father, we come before you. We thank you for this time to be in your house, Father. It's a privilege to get to come to worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, I ask that you bless the reading of this word, that you would just bless it and just lift it up, Father. Let us take everything in, Father. Hide me behind the cross, Father. 
Speak through me. Just push me out of the way and use me tonight, Father. And we'll give you glory for everything that we do. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So this story, I was reading a little bit about the backstory, And a few years after the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the believers in Jerusalem put all of their resources together. However, there were complaints about food shortages. So several deacons were put in place to oversee food distribution. And Stephen was among these deacons of the church. Stephen performed great miracles and wonders among the people of Jerusalem. There were people that didn't like Stephen, so they plotted against him. Stephen was accused of blasphemy. He was taken before a council, and false witnesses said that they heard him say Jesus would destroy the temple, falsely accusing him. And this led to Stephen being stoned to death. And even in Stephen's Stephen's stoning, when you read this story, you see Stephen is just as calm as he can be almost. He's he's humble. He's, He's not worried about the fact he's about to be put to death. And... I see this and I just, the word hope just jumps out at me when I read this, this passage of scripture. And the first thing I think we can find hope in Jesus in is in opposition, opposition of our lives. In verse 54, it says, now when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. They became angry at Stephen when he shared his vision of an exalted Christ. When he said, behold, I see the hand of God. He said, behold, I see the son of man. And they got mad at him. Because he said he saw Jesus. They thought he was blaspheming. And, you know, it says that they ground his teeth. They ground their teeth at him. And if you recall back in the book of Job, chapter 16, it says, this is the words of Job. It says, he has torn me in in his wrath and hated me. He has gnashed his teeth at me. You know, Job, he went through the same opposition. He felt like God was gnashing his teeth at him, though. So that wasn't the case. It was the enemy that was gnashing his teeth. See, Job was at a low point in his life, facing so much opposition. He felt like he'd done everything wrong. And Job felt like that almost God was out to get him. But Job was still humble and he still served the Lord. But Stephen, Stephen shows a face of, you know, just hope through his trial. I think we all face rejection by others in our faith. Uh, we've all had a situation probably if you've ever shared the gospel where you've probably been told no at some point. You know, you ask someone, you know, do you want to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior? Most of the time, or a lot of the time, the answer is going to be no. Because people just aren't ready, they don't understand, or they just don't want to. And that's one of the hardest feelings that you can take when someone rejects the free gift of life. They just say, no, I want nothing to do with it. And the hardest thing that we can comprehend as humans is the word no. It's something that we as people, we just we just don't like to hear the word no. Uh, I know growing up, I praise the Lord she's not here tonight, but my sister, my parents would disagree with this, but she's the favorite child. I'm just going to tell you that right now. My, sister, my parents prefer my sister to me. I can tell you they do right now. They just, they've always, I don't know, they're just happier with her, it seems like. But uh, it seemed like everything Brooke would do, Brooke would get her way. You know, it seems like, Brooke will do what you want to do, then Thomas, you know, you know, you can tag along. And, uh, you know, as, as when I was younger, you know, I didn't really like my sister for that reason. You know, when we got older, my parents were just, they treated us as equals. But I guess back then when I was younger, I just thought she was the favorite. Anyway, but, uh, you know, I always found I was being told the word no a lot for Brooke. And, you know, I didn't really like the fact that, you know, they were giving her her way. And yet when I felt like I was doing the same thing, I was getting in trouble. But, you know, I know I was young. I didn't understand, but. My parents are back there giving me a dead eye right now, just so y'all know. <laughs> but no, um, you know, we just don't like to hear the word no. But, you know, when that opposition comes up against us, that opposition to our faith, when we put our hope in Jesus, 
That opposition just goes away. It doesn't stand a chance against the name of Jesus. There's no one that can stand against Christ. Because all the disagreement, all the evil in the world, it has nothing. It has nothing on the name of Christ. In Romans 8.31, it says, If God is for us, then who can be against us? That's one of the most powerful verses in Scripture. You know, if God's on your side, you have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. You don't have to worry about people coming against you. God is on your side. That was Stephen's attitude through this. He knew that God would help him, and he knew his plan was best. Stephen wasn't worried. Stephen knew that even though he was about to be put to death, he knew he was doing what God wanted him to do. So he did not fear his death. And that leads me to my second point. We can have hope in Jesus even in death. Even at the end of this life, we can have hope. Look at down at verse 59. It says, And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. You know, when God says it's your time, are you going to be ready to go? When God says, you know, it's your time to leave this earth, will you be ready? I know that I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I'm not necessarily ready to jump on the next bus to heaven, but I'm ready to go when that time comes. Um, because I know that there is a brighter day coming for me than on this earth. I know there's a brighter and a much more beautiful day up there than I'll ever see down here. Um, in Luke 23:46, it says, Into your hands I commend my spirit. That's, that's the words of Jesus Christ. I like how Stephen even said the same thing. Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Stephen knew that he was going to heaven. He knew he was going to be with Jesus on high. That's why he didn't worry even in his death. He had hope that Jesus would bring him home to receive his spirit. Christ gave up himself to God so that we could give ourselves to him. That is the whole reason why Christ came to this earth and died on the cross. Not only for our sin, but he gave up his own life so that we could give our lives back to him and worship him all of our lives. In verse 60, the last part of that verse, I love the way this is worded. It said, he fell asleep. Now, Say, when you fell asleep last night, or some of you probably took an afternoon nap, what was the first thing you did after you fell asleep? What did you eventually have to do? You had to wake up, right? See, that's the difference. It said that he fell asleep. See, Stephen, he wasn't dying, and he wasn't going to be done. He wasn't going to be dead and just be dead. Stephen knew he was falling asleep, but he was going to wake up on the other side with Jesus. Whoever wrote this book, you know, we don't know who wrote Acts, but whoever wrote this, they worded that perfectly beautifully worded he fell asleep because he was going to wake up on the other side with jesus christ he knew there was a brighter day coming but not only do we have hope in opposition and hope in death but we also have hope through our roughest days through the roughest times of our life i skipped over this verse but i want to go back to it in verse 58 it says then they cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. Now, when we read this story, we know who Saul is. Saul is the biggest persecutor of Christians of that time. Paul is going around, he's, every, he's everything anti-Jesus. And we all know that Paul, well, later becomes Paul, on his road to Damascus, what happens as, Paul, as Saul is on his way to Damascus? Yeah, he had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus said, Paul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And after that, you know, Paul, he became the greatest probably apostle that ever walked this earth. The greatest man other than Jesus probably to ever walk this planet. And see, Saul, or now Paul, I'm getting my names mixed up. When he went to Damascus, you know, he started preaching. 
And all these people were sitting there, you know, listening to him preaching a lot. This guy's crazy. This guy was just, you know, telling us that we're all lunatics for believing this. But now he's sitting there telling us that, you know, we need to believe in Jesus. I mean, whose side is this guy on? They thought he was a lunatic, but God still chose to use him in a mighty, mighty way. In Philippians 4, 6 and 7, it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So I think we all go through rough times in our lives, but as long as we don't let ourselves be anxious, as long as we let ourselves push towards God and let God take control, you know, there's nothing to worry about. Even in our roughest times, as long as we put our hope in Christ, there's nothing we can worry about. God saved Saul because he loved him. He chose to use him, and he became one of the greatest apostles. In Isaiah 41.10, it says, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And see, when things get rough, you know, we just have to look to Jesus, put our hope and our trust in him, and Jesus works the rest of it out. You know, we, as long as we give it all to Christ, he doesn't expect us to, you know, do all the work. Jesus helps us. Jesus meets us in the middle almost. And it's such a wonderful thing that we can put our hope in him. Um, there's, there was a time in my life where, you know, I'd kind of almost lost my hope in Jesus Christ. I'd almost lost the hope that, you know, he could help me. And, you know, when I got into college, I got involved in some stuff that I just shouldn't have got involved in. I started doing things I shouldn't have been doing. And, you know, the devil was almost like he had a grip on me. It's like he said, you know, I've got you. You're not going anywhere. And, you know, I almost was waiting for Jesus to come by and, you know, take me out of it. Because I was a Christian at that time. You know, I believed in God, but I hadn't given my life to him. And I just kept waiting and waiting on Jesus to, you know, pull me back and pull me out of my hole. But it seemed like he never came. And I began to lose hope. That, you know, I began to, you know, just give in to the fact that I was probably going to be this way forever for the rest of my life. Then, you know, it's just like one day Jesus come by and said, hey, he picked me up. He said, you're coming with me. He took me away from the devil and he pulled me up out of my hole. And see, that's when my, my hope was restored. My hope was restored in Christ to take me through the roughest days of my life. Because if he could take me through what I went through at that time in my life, he can take me through anything. He can get me through any stri- trial or any struggle in life. And there's a song that kind of, I think, just pulls all this together, all this about hope. And when I first heard this song, you know, I was just, I loved it. You know, it's a song written by a man, by, by David Crowder. Uh, if y'all know who David Crowder, he's a big contemporary artist. And I'm not a big David Crowder fan, to be honest. I mean, I just, I don't like listening to him. But when I heard this song, I fell in love with it. And I just, I love to hear, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. And I think most of y'all have heard this. And when I first heard this song, instead of a, a track, usually I sing something with a track, but I was like, I need to find me a piano player, someone to play this song so I can sing it. And luckily God walked me through these doors and I found me a pretty good piano player over here. So uh, Jason, if you want to come up here, I'm going to sing this song real quick. And I love the title of this song. The title of this song is All My Hope. And I want to read the chorus of this song to y'all before I sing. It says, all my hope is in Jesus. Thank God my yesterday's gone. All my sins are forgiven. I've been washed by the blood. That's such a powerful, powerful chorus right there. This is a wonderful, wonderful song on hope. And it just kind of 
captures this entire message. So as we do this, don't listen to me saying, don't listen to Jason play. Listen to the Lord. Put your hope and your trust in him.